What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. How was dinner tonight? <laughs> dinner was delicious. It was good. It yeah. was good. You went to went to Sante nice... where I work, it and was everything lovely. was lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. Yeah, the cheese, the wine, the food. Oh man, it was amazing. What kind of wine are you drinking these days? Are you? I'm a Pinot nut. I love them. Mm-hmm. And uh, sommelier uh, Mark, a friend of mine, suggested a couple of different things, and we went with the what was it? Tal- Talisman. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, I was it was a lot lighter than I was expecting, and I usually like the bigger Pinots, but. It's oh, it's, yeah. It was it was light without being um, faint or uh, weak. It was still mm-hmm. very robust, floral and rich without being too jammy. It was I don't know. It was great. If you heard yourself ten years ago, <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah, I would have made fun of myself. I would probably would have waited my, for myself outside. <laughs> I think about those things too when I start <laughs> yeah. talking about who is this some guy. Really beautiful floral notes on this rosé. You know, it's kind of a, it's strawberry, but it's not too sweet. You know, a little John, bit of pineapple. If five years ago, you told me that we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I would have called you a liar. Yes, yes, you would have. <laughs> um, so. I want to, you know, there's a lot of good meals, a lot of great meals, and everybody likes to talk about the great meals. Yeah. And, um, but we have a lot of bad ones, you know, and oftentimes they are the bad ones that I remember are the ones I've had alone. It's often late at night. At the Szechuan Noodle Bowl. (laughs) Or how many times had we had a cab drive us through Jack in the Box? That's just embarrassing. That's not. That's not <laughs> something spending, we should discuss. I don't know how it's possible. A thirty-eight to spend, dollar I was cab drive. Thirty-eight dollar cab drive to wait through the Jack in the Box window <laughs> on a Saturday night to spend night. another forty dollars. Do you know how hard it is to spend forty dollars? Not Jack at in all. Box? It's not hard at all. Ugh. You just keep talking. This you just keep smell. talking to them, and they keep adding things. And you're like, "What about tacos?" And the guys like, "Yeah, how many do you want?" And you're like, "Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> like, yeah, eight. There is this smell that comes out of the window of a jack-in-the-box drive through and they have the fan on, and it's every single jack-in-the-box I've ever driven through, and it blows really hard by the window, and then it goes in your car, and it's sort of like... It smells like Justin's brother. It smells like... You remember Justin? Yes. It smells like trash, and it's metallic. Grease. And, and it's grease and trash. Yeah, it's yeah. like this weird... Anyhow, it's there's filth. really... I yeah. just remember those and waking up with like... Just nightmares, miserable. <laughs> yes, waking up from the waking nightmares. nightmares. <laughs> like, the waking nightmare of the Jack yeah, in the waking Box. Waking up drive ne- like with trash in your bed with you. Yes, lettuce, crumbs, seeds. A whole bag of Doritos. It's just been ripped in half with Doritos <clears throat> everywhere, and your shoes are covered in mud. What would you? What would you? Um, <laughs> yes, all of the above. What would you pair with like a whole bag of Doritos? Uh, Have you ever? I mean, I wasn't uh, well clinically conscious when i did it so. <laughs> well no let me let me let me put it to you a different way um have you ever how do you feel about deviled eggs oh that yeah no i was craving <laughs> deviled eggs and yes I, yeah so the thing about deviled eggs you always overestimate how many you can eat you're always like mm, deviled eggs i could eat 12 of them which when you go out to get scrambled eggs what you get two maybe yeah. three yeah if that like a three egg omelet is huge 
so yeah, you you eat two deviled eggs, and then you're like, oh, I think I'm probably good. And then you have another sip of wine, you eat that third deviled egg, and you're good. So when you crack open, you know, a case of eggs, and you're like, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna cook six of these things, and you end up with twelve deviled eggs. It's very simple math that you really don't consider when you're. I want. I don't know. I didn't. And you're whipping them up, so you're adding stuff too, yeah, right? What's mayonnaise, what's in the mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, a little garlic, uh, you know, some some bacon bits or whatever, or whatever you want, you know, all kinds of stuff. The paprika. Salmon on that paprika always. Yeah, I love eat a devil egg without paprika on it. It's philistine. But um, yeah, so one night I was craving these damn things, and I I had Doritos, a bag of Doritos, and I ate like four deviled eggs. No, I I ate six of them. <laughs> And like half a bottle of Chardonnay, and this is before I was into wine, so this is probably really bad. This is so a Chardonnay, Chardonnay from, from the Alfie's, st- yeah, the down, store. down the corner yes. of Minor, yeah. It was like a nine dollar bottle of Chardonnay from Alfie's. Mm, I'm familiar. Screw top, mm-hmm. clickety clack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh God, I called in sick the next day. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. How does one? So yeah, the deviled eggs are they're tricky. They're, I didn't leave the bathroom for days. That was horrible. Why are we talking? Can we move on? Yes, moving on. We were just <laughs> talking. Well, we were talking about bad meals. Everybody bad likes meals. to talk about about good meals. Yes. And you had um, an unfortunate incident with the uh, city of Seattle. Did I? <laughs> Did I? <clears throat> Where are we going now? Um, with the police. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it started actually with um, what is it? Um, it was on one of my hiatus. Is it the yeah so um i had recently um decided i was not going to do culinary school anymore and uh they let me know within 24 hours that i could not stay in my student housing they're like you have to be out i was like well damn like i I have like less than three days to find a place to live and i found this place in bellevue Mm -hmm. i was driving to bellevue from seattle so i'm going across the 99 which takes you through what is that weird island Mercer? So I was crossing into Mercer. So Mercer Island, they're their own municipality. So when you get a speeding ticket in Mercer Island, you have to deal with Mercer Island, not see it the city of Seattle and not Bellevue. So and me again being a dumb, I think I was what twenty now. I don't, I don't remember. I just you know crumple up the ticket and you throw it away and you forget. You forget about yeah. it. It's like what I don't know. I'm not gonna pay this. It's like what. Seventeen dollars speeding ticket, seventy dollars. Probably again. Like I 70, didn't even look yeah. at the piece of paper, um, so I threw it away. And I think uh, once I got to Bellevue proper, I was going. This is the thing of it. I was going up a hill. I was a little lost. I was kind of maybe going slow. I was trying to like see addresses. And I'm going up a hill. I pass a cop coming down the hill. His lights come on. He turns around, pulls me over, and he's like, "You know how fast you're going?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I don't know." 30 25 i'm like I'm, I'm a little lost do you know this address he's like i don't know the address um it smells like there's marijuana in your car can i search your car i'm like i don't i don't smoke weed um i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to search my car but you know what go ahead like i know i knew he wasn't gonna find anything so i wasn't worried maybe and then after he's like in my trunk i was like what if he plants something like this is this is how you go down like this is you and know, you never really were a pothead right no it's not my yeah. thing okay so I wasn't worried, but then all of a sudden I'm thinking like I'm getting set up for something. But anyway, he was like, "Well, there's nothing here." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what you thought you were smelling." Um, but he wrote me a speeding ticket. I'm like, "How? Like you were going, we're traveling in opposite directions. You you have some magic algorithm for 
subtracting your speed from my speed and figuring out that I was going You should have too paid fast. more attention in math. <laughs> Seriously, like what magic machine do you have that is capable of doing this math for you? But anyway, so he writes me. So again, I'm just like, crumple it up and throw it away. Now we flash forward like five or so many years. I don't really remember. And I was driving home from a, a cocktail party with my friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my, uh, my, you know, my suit pants on and I don't know where my shirt was. But, uh, yeah, so he pulled me over because my tabs had been expired. Now, my tabs, the new ones were in my mailbox. They, were, they had been delivered. I just hadn't put them on yet. And he was just going to give me a warning. Unfortunately, there was a bench warrant for my arrest for these multiple speeding tickets that I had just completely ignored four years ago, two years ago, whenever that was. So they arrested me. And uh, they put me in the clink for... Well, first they drove me up to the top of Denny and locked me in some weird holding thing for like over eight hours with my zip ties still on. Like they didn't undo me. They just kind of left me in there. Jesus. And when, the only thing I could see through my tiny window was the clock. And I was supposed to go to a barbecue at my brother's house at like a certain time. So I'm just watching that time come and go. And you I can't there, contact anybody. There's I'm nothing. just like, yeah, I'm kind of kicking the door. I'm like, hello, is anybody out there? And I can hear like, I don't know how many doors down. There was some lunatic like smashing his face against the door. Like he was like, like ramming it. I was like, coolsies. Like, <laughs> I'm not really happy with any of this. And so, yeah, I just kind of sat there and whistled every song I knew until they finally came and put me in a little paddy wagon with Looney Tunes and a couple other guys. We're all still zip tied. You drove. have no shirt on or you have a, no, I have my shirt, but they wouldn't let me take my jacket. They're just like, here's yeah. I was like, can I grab my jacket? And they're like, Nope. So they just rescued okay. me and put me in there. Drove me over to... Um, Did you have any King conversation Ken. with Looney Tunes or any of these people? Did they... No, no. Not as yet. No, later. Okay. Later okay. I did, actually. I think it was actually a different crazy guy. But I'm not sure. I didn't see... I didn't you probably run into a few in jail. Probably. So you go in and they take away your shoes and they take away your belt because they're worried that everyone's going to kill you or yourself or something. So then you're everyone's barefoot and your pants are falling down. They take off your zip ties so you can at least hold up your pants. And then they put you in a big room. Well, they first, they give you a bologna sandwich and an apple and a little carton of milk. And they put you in this big room. And I was the first one in there. It was basically empty. And um, then the room starts to fill up as the hours, again, tick by. Like, so at what at this time, you got arrested. At noon. You got arrested at noon. You were at a party or you were at... It was the morning after the morning, party. The so morning after the party. Got right. it. Okay. So we're so. driving home around noonish. This is now like around 8 or 9 p.m. Okay. And they put me in a little room with a bologna sandwich. And the room starts to fill up with more people. And there's like one big, fat, weird-looking guy like sitting on this bench. Everything's smeared with like black crap because they, they, when they fingerprint you, they just they put the ink on your hands and then they fingerprint you. And then you're like, okay, so do I wash this off or what? And you look around and they're like, oh, yeah, over here. And they just take two big pumps of this squirt of soap. And then give you a very small rectangle of paper towel. There's no water. No moist in this, towel. In this, no there's sink. no rinsing. There's no water situation in this equation. So you're just like moving this black ink around with this tiny thing until like you're like, okay, well, this is now saturated. This is almost as dirty as everything else was. And like garbage cans over there. So you're like, okay, you want me to get in there? Or is it just the paper towel? So you do that and... And yeah, then and people just wipe it all off. You do your best tough guy face. You know, the whole time I didn't smile because, you know, I'm in jail and I was scared to death that, it, you know, mm-hmm. I was going to be next. So I just had my tough guy face on. It was like, you know, jaw locked up, looking around, not making friends, just waiting for somebody to, you know, 
I was going to bite a face. Like I was ready to fucking keep my virginity. Like I was, mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just in County. So it probably wouldn't have been that bad. But. So they put me back in the main room and the room starts to fill up more and more. And this guy is sitting next to me, totally different, crazy guy. And there's a payphone in there, but they haven't told me what I'm charged with, what I'm getting out or what's going on. So I don't know what to call, who to call or what I would say. Like, I don't have any change. They've taken everything away. This guy sits down next to me and um, he's next to the phone. He unhooks the phone from the little receiver, puts it around his head and his neck. And he's like trying to hang it up, but he can't quite get it on the hook. And while he's trying to hang it up, which he's not, it's still loose. Mm -hmm. He's looking at me with his tongue out going, (laughs) and I'm just like looking at him like, again, I'm not, I'm just kind of looking at him like, (laughs) like I'm not impressed. Like, I don't know what you're doing, man. And then all of a sudden, like 12 cops come running in there. They got a gurney. They grab the guy. They strap him down to the gurney and they take him out. And this really pretty officer with like, she was a redhead with this little ponytail. She'd been walking past the big window and of course, you know, checking her out. But I know my chances are basically like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no magic line. I'm going to be like, hey, uh, what are you doing later? <laughs> if I get out of here, you want to maybe get some sushi? <laughs> like, there's, no, it's, there's no future for us. Mm-hmm. But she comes in. And she looks at me and she's like, you didn't see him trying to hurt himself? You weren't going to say anything to anybody? And I was like, I didn't know it was my turn to watch him? That's what you said to That's her? That's what I said to her. Like, I didn't know what else to say. I was like, are you serious right now? Like, is this... like, I didn't know it was my turn to watch him. And then she just kind of scoffed and ran out. And I was like, all right, I guess That's... she walked out of my life forever. That's... That was my chance to like, say my, my line. And and I, I messed it up. I messed with. it up. Yeah. Yeah, I... yeah. We all have regrets. Totally not going to call me now. But um, then they take you and they put you in the other room where they tell you what's going on. And what did you find out? That's when you found out about that. They, they say, yeah, so we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And the lady talked to me about being PO'd for some of my things. She's like, well, it's going to cost you two grand to get out of here. I'm like, I'm, I may have $50 in my account right now. Like, I'm pretty sure I don't, but like, this isn't going to happen. She's like, well, you get PO'd for like, get, you know, what, I know, what is that? Parole? Paroled or yeah. whatever. They, they're the state's going to like, or somebody's going to put this money up to make sure that you come back or whatever. So they put you in another big room and then they call out six names and six guys line up and they hand them toothbrushes and pajamas and they march them off into the back. And you're like, I don't want to do any of that. And then they call six more names, six different guys go up and they open a different door and they let them outside. You can actually see outside and you're like, I want to go in that group. And they call your name with another bunch of guys. And you're standing there like, come on, good door. <laughs> like, I just want to get out of here. And they let me out. But now it's 3.30 in the morning. I have no coat. My phone's dead. And I have no money. So I had to like, I walked down to Pioneer Square and got to pay phone and collect called my uncle, who's like not answering at this point. And it's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. My buddy John David had been coming down because he, he was in the car with me. They caught a different cab and went home. But he was like, yeah, trying to get me out. And um, so I called him and I was like, can I come to your house? And I had to walk from downtown King County all the way to the other side of Capitol Hill. That's at 3.30 in the morning. and Four or five miles? Not that, at least, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, so crashed on his sofa. And then he took me, um, he's a good friend of mine. He took me out to Chinese food the next day. And I'm not exaggerating in any way. My fortune cookie said... Be a little more cautious next time. <laughs> so I showed it to John David. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, 
So, you didn't touch the bologna sandwich? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. There's that weird crazy guy. Not, not the one that was hanging himself with the phone. There's a different, like, he was a big troll fat guy sitting mm-hmm. on the... Because I was telling you, like, everything's covered in black schmutz. And this guy's sitting there. And everyone kept coming in and handing him their, their apple. And he, <laughs> he didn't have any teeth. Like, he had apple no... Apple troll? He was an apple troll, I guess. <laughs> and he, he was just sitting there. had no teeth in the front. And he's just like... You could see he's like smiling, laughing, looking at everyone, and they kept handing him his apples. So he was like crushing the apples on the corner of a bench he's sitting on, breaking them up into physical chunks, and pushing them to the back of his mouth, and like chewing on them is like just like slobbering the things. And I was like watching this, and I like looked at my little brown bag. I was like, I'm not. I mean, if somebody wants to come get it, like I'm not gonna be one of these guys walking over. If I hand this guy an apple, that might be a sign of something. Like. Oh, I'll be yours later. Like I don't know. Well, like maybe it was maybe like it was some level of commitment I wasn't some ready sacrifice for. Sacrifice that you had to make. Yeah, for I had to control? not be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But I didn't get involved. I was just no. So you didn't touch anything in the no, bag. I touched nothing. No. I bet that Chinese food was delicious. It was pretty good. It was the one yeah. right over by uh, Five Point, between that laundromat. By you know. And then um, my I guess my last question is, whatever happened with your brother's barbecue? Did they? Uh... No clue. Oh. No. I yeah I ended up going to a different barbecue months later it was like from Mother's Day and yeah it was a weird day but okay. yeah it was just a barbecue um I mean they didn't they didn't find out or they weren't worried that you didn't show up or no I mean like I'd never, I never the siblings we're all so far apart like we're not really that close there's how many nine of us that's a lot yeah and you're the youngest yeah okay that's a big family and there's a couple of there's a couple family family members I'd like to ask you about mm-hmm. um the first one. Is it is George? George is not a family member. George, oh. <laughs> you want to talk about George? Can we talk about George? So, uh, yeah, George was um he was the first. Uh, he was your first. My first pet that I ate. <clears throat> this is gonna make Tasha very uncomfortable. But so we were at a family reunion. So okay, my grandmother. I think we talked about this at one point. Every summer mm-hmm. I would go spend the summer on my grandma's farm. Yeah, and um, I met your grandma. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You're like the only friend that yeah. met her. It was three mm-hmm. in the morning. And it was a very strange cigarettes. time, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we <laughs> three in the morning. Waffles, and you had some cousins that were sleeping in the back yeah, bunk, yeah. and we just yeah, stayed up rolling cigarettes husband, with yeah. that little machine. Yeah, very strange. The bugler, or the bugler. Or whatever yes. That was called. So George was so, the first pet you ever ate. So I was down on the farm one summer. I was like a little kid, and you know my grandma's always turning close in the chores, and you're know, like doing the farm thing. You would milk the cows and such, and she's like. So, you know, we just had all these piglets, and some of them are having trouble. We need to wean them, is the term. So get them off the mother and Mm -hmm. to, you know, drink. So I weaned George, and I was With what? Just formula or some kind of... No, cow milk. Like, we just... We had cows. For the pig? The pig drink cow milk? Everyone. They're they're basically, like, they're physiologically, like, biologically very similar to humans. I hear tell that the meat is actually similar to human meat, and they test... They can test um, drugs on them, and... Would you eat a human? Would you try human meat? In a... In another... I mean, yeah. In a very desperate situation. You yeah. know, like the alive guys, that, mm-hmm. that soccer team that was trapped mm-hmm. in the Alps. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Starve to death or eat some dead guy? I mean, I don't know. Probably I'd choose life. Yeah. If it's choose... cool with everyone. I don't know. Can I... Could I? Do I get to live? That's a very positive outlook. I I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but so, what would you think would be the best part of a human? I, I don't... I don't... Well, I want to get back to George here in a second, but... Um, well, like I said, probably the, the back or the ass, like where the, the meat, because you have a lot of muscle. When you eat meat, you're eating muscle tone. So you yeah. want, but you want fatty, flavorful muscle tone. So I like, have a very flat ass. I don't really have a rump or anything, but you would like sides or back. I think you'd be back. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> For a big guy, I have a, big, I have a flat ass. I was, okay. Yeah. 
But backs, rumps. Backs, uh, legs. I mean, like, legs. this would be a, a fantastic roast. Just the femur right here. Yeah. Just... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to George. <laughs> yes, please. This is a little too morose. Um, well, I guess it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So I weaned George. And every summer I'd go down and George would get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and he's then... a cute pig. He like was babe. adorable. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, he was awesome. He was. Yeah, he was like. He was a very messy eater. I mean, mm-hmm. even for a pig, I think he had some problems. But um, he was doing great, and I named him. And um, many, many. Well, not many, many. I think I was like nine. I don't know when it started. Maybe he was like two. I don't know how fast the time back. You know, you look back. I, I don't know how much time went through. But there was a family uh, reunion, and we're all there. And my uncle Jim was <laughs> like. He's like, hey, Walter, I got to show you something. He takes me around. They've got this giant spit, like this big smoking smoke thing, like shaped like a trapezoid. And he opens up the thing. He's like, who's that, Walter? And I saw it was George. And he was like, got the barb through his throat all the way through, and he's roasting he his head on everything. His face? Oh, yeah, I could, I knew him. And I was like, that's George. And I started crying, and I ran away. How old are you? Barn. I think it was like nine-ish. Mm-hmm. I ran to the barn, and my cousins came, and they brought me little plates of George and some corn on the cob, and we ate. And he was actually really delicious. It didn't It didn't occur to you to not eat him? Once I got over, once I was like, I mean, like I, underst- I understood what was <clears throat> happening. And... Um, I was sad when I saw him up there spinning around. Yeah, I was heartbroken. It was my friend, and he was dead, and that made me very sad. But when you see them broken down on a plate, it's How not— How did it make you feel that—was it delicious? He was. He was, and I was proud that he was delicious because I had a hand in that. You know, that was—you know. And I'm sorry, he was going to die. There was no—I mean, it was a farm. It's, you know, this is—and I understood. I was like, this is why my uncle was— being an asshole yes and he was having some fun tormenting this child but <laughs> still you know it was a life lesson that farm kids he had to learn it i'm sure you know mm-hmm. it was his mom who you know and yeah so yeah he got to learn these things and get over it and you've you've have you have you ever butchered an animal that was alive well in culinary school not that was alive no no i haven't i have not taken a life on my own no okay um, but um yeah and and then the other this was the first time yeah there was rufus after that rufus was um it was a little more how do you say disconnected or abstract when he arrived it was in little white paper packets so but okay my relationship with him was also <laughs> a lot more personal so it's, it's kind of a delicate balance of so far removed that i wasn't even i didn't see him being killed or right. being cooked or anything mm-hmm. it was just but yeah, I spent many summers. I didn't wean him or anything. He was already a pretty good size. I mean, he was. I mean, Who? Is, what is Rufus? Or what was? What? Oh, he was a bull, um, and he was on the farm. They had all the milking cows and stuff. And I don't know. Rufus was born at one point. I think I was, or maybe they bought him. I don't know mm-hmm. where he came from. I think they would have told me who his mother was if he had been born there. They must have purchased him. But um, he was like the size. He was a little bit bigger than a Great Dane, and I was like twelve or ten, maybe. It's like within a few years, and. Um, he was kind of a prick. He would chase me around, like kind of. They. They used their horns like hands. Like he would yeah. kind of like poke me on either rib. Like he'd kind of like do his nose He's trying thing. To nuzzle or yeah, like, but then play. he would like kind of poke me, and then I'd push him, and he'd like, like do this little thing, and I don't know. We'd kind of argue a little bit, and I'd wrestle his little horns and push him back, and then I'd run up the crab apple tree, and I would sit up there and throw crab apples down to him, and he would just like eat the apples. 
and and then he would like lay down when he was full and I would lay down with him and read comic books and we'd lay in the sun and he was very warm. He smelled really good for a for a bowl. weird animal. I don't know, it was just Yeah. But um And you did this for how many summers? Did you know? Three or four maybe. Rufus. He got big and then Did you um, name him? Rufus. No, no, grandma told me his name. Okay. Yeah. He was already named. But yeah, he was my pal. And then uh one day uh we were sitting around, and I mean, my grandma would always, she would always come through town with whatever she was doing. One year, she, it was a winter, and she was she had purchased a herd of cattle, and she was trying to move them somewhere else. And then the snowstorm hit, and they had to get them off the road, or they're going to freeze to death in the truck or whatever. So they brought them to our house, and so my mom let her put them under the house. There was like this big crawl space under the house. And so for like three or four days, we had a herd of cattle underneath. And this is in down, like in, you know, Eugene, like. 1980, 85. 89, I don't know, yeah. Like, so you have a herd of cattle. Now that sounds like a lot of cows. Yes, there was there was hay under there for decades. Like, and they were living in the crawl space under the house? Well, there was like, it was like, it was like this, you know, was it four feet four, high? Four, five feet, So you had a feet? duck and there was like this weird old door you just push this thing like the hinge is just gonna drag across Jesus. and there was like a tons of storage space like all like i told you before about the dog sled and all my dad's stuff from the adirond like from the yes. from yellow knife mm-hmm. from the we dog rib Indians. so like all that cool stuff was in there so once in a while we'd go in there but there was always tons of spiders so you have to like get in there and you don't know if like what you're touching is the lamp like the light cord or if it's a spider web so you just have to like pull it and like okay so now you have light and i like, kind of get the spider webs out but then you had like really let's just cool boxes treasure troves of like mm-hmm. cool weird stuff history and yeah but so yeah history. so they were all under there like it's just like a weird like were you part of like were you marching them in one by one into this <clears throat> I, no they were there they were adults involved doing all of this i was oh, okay. the children in the house just like what's going on oh grandma's here it's snowing it's christmas time almost oh grandma's here we're all excited and why did she need to keep them at the house because it was winter it started snowing I so see. she was okay. going like she was on the road going I, th- I don't know where she got them but she was coming from one place to another and we were between that and then the snowstorm hit and she was worried that they were gonna die or freeze to death in how the truck. do you how do you um how do you uh <clears throat> how do you get that many cows how do you travel how do you get them there how do you big truck Again, like I didn't see the truck. Like I was like a little kid, like knock at the door. Oh, grandma's here! Grandma's here! Like right. No, excited. she didn't bring presents. This isn't like a visit. Visit grandma's. And then of course my parents are having like a some level of argument. <laughs> my dad's like, no, and my mom's like, Richard. He's like, and then like having this little argument, and it's like, all right, well the cows are going in there, and they just put the cows in there, like. And they were there for how many? For a few days, a couple days or something. Yeah. And who had to clean up after all of those cows? <laughs> and that was my dad's question at the time. <laughs> he was pretty angry. There was a lot of uh, arguments about mm-hmm. uh, why they were there, how long they were going to be there, and yeah, he's. I think I think the the thing was, yeah, your mother's cleaning this up, and I don't know if that actually. I know the sawdust was down there for many many years. The sawdust that caught all the. Well, no, yeah, I mean they filth. they brought in bales of hay, you know, to to deal with, you know, they you can't have cows without hay. It's hey, like yeah, it's I don't know this simpatico. They they munch on it, they chew it. I don't know if they actually eat they, it or if they consume it and or process it in a real way. But they're always chewing. Something to do with it the, helps them. Yeah, yeah. And then grandma came with the white. And yeah, and then yeah, and grandma came with the right packages, and and that was Rufus. 
It was and delicious. You had the, uh, what was your favorite part of Rufus? It was the ribeye. I think that was my cut. That was okay. my first, my first ribeye, bone-in Rufus. Rufus ribeye. A little bit of tarragon makes a sauce. Well, you know, red wine, let it reduce down. And just a little bit of garlic. And you haven't looked back. You've been eating meat ever I since. I still think about him, you know, but it's yeah. like, I mean, that's what they're raised for. That's, you know, that's why we had them. And our species would have died out long ago if we didn't. So it's John. No, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> or have a few if you like. Just be careful how you name them. It's John. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.